Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things, but on this podcast specifically, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. On today's episode, we are going to be recapping Kentucky basketball's victory over the South Carolina Gamecocks. 86-76 to was the final score. We're going to talk about the first half, talk about the second half, and then some final Final thoughts uh, to wrap up the show. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. Want to remind everybody that we are free and available on all plat- platforms. And if you're watching on YouTube, you may notice a little bit of a scene change. Hope you like it. All right. First half uh, assessment here. Kentucky very quickly out the gates, was looking to get the ball to the post early. They were trying to work the ball inside to Oscar Shebway, and Kentucky was relatively sloppy uh, with the basketball. Turnovers were a theme in this game. We'll get to that later on in the show, but very sloppy with the basketball was Severe Wheeler, was Oscar Shebway early on in this game. Again, trying to attack the post, quickly get to the rim, and Kentucky played very well, very, very well, actually, in my opinion, in transition early on in this, in this game. As we noted on yesterday's episode, when we previewed this game, we noted that South Carolina is in the top 70 in adjusted tempo in the country. We noted that they like to run fast if they have the opportunity to do so, but they're not necessarily a team that's going to fly up and down the court just because. That's not their style. That's not what they like to do, and we saw that early on in this game. When South Carolina got opportunities, they tried to go out there and execute offensively, and they had some good looks in transition, but Kentucky played better. South Carolina was not getting back on defense. It led to to easy breaks multiple times this game. Uh, Layups, dunks, just fast break opportunities, uh, a plethora of them uh, in this game. Kentucky made it very, very clear early on in this matchup that the goal was to attack the rim and to attack the rim quickly. There were several solid defensive possessions in the first half, especially early, and the officiating was much tighter than I would have anticipated. We, We noted that that was... A could potentially have been an issue in this game, right? We noted that South Carolina really likes to foul and they like to put you on the free throw line and they love to play physical. Kentucky also played relatively physical down low in this game as well. And there were not a lot of fouls called on rebound attempts, on putbacks, on anything like that. It was a relatively pretty peaceful game. I'm not going to lie. I was very pleased with the officiating tonight. Uh, South Carolina had a really hard time guarding Kentucky at the rim, not just in transition, but also in the half court. I thought South Carolina was going to be more physical in the first half. I was wrong. Uh, Kentucky was almost scoring at will. It felt like at some points in the first half, quality shots. We noted this on yesterday's episode. It was one of the most important things for Kentucky in this game. They had to take quality shots. It was not necessarily about the percentage of shots that they knocked down, but more it was about the shot selection, especially in the, in transition, not rushing things. Now, at times, we saw Kentucky rush in this game, but that's just part of the tra- na- uh, nature of the transition game, right? At some point, you are going to see Keon Brooks or Sophia Wheeler maybe rush things a little bit, maybe decide that they are going to pull up a little uh, quicker than they might have had they stopped and really thought about the situation that they were in. It's okay. That's going to come with the, the nature of the transition game. Something that I noted in the first half is the floater 
has been a problem for Kentucky. Whenever teams can't attack the rim on Kentucky, they go to the floater. South Carolina had several in the first half. They knocked down, I believe, the majority of them. I noted that there were three different possessions within a four-minute span. It's like, okay, there's another floater, and there's another floater, and there's another floater. They're trying to stay away from Oscar Shibwe inside the paint, and I thought that was interesting. I thought they were going to go after him. Not a single offensive rebound for Kentucky in the first 10 minutes of this game. Uh, and uh, for the third straight game in a row, uh, Kentucky got out-rebounded. And I'm really surprised by that, given the fact that while South Carolina is fifth in the SEC in rebounds per game, Kentucky's still first. They've not been able to dominate the way that they have so far this season on the glass. And probably the most startling statistic are the offensive rebounds that South Carolina got. And we'll get to the to those numbers later on in the show, but there were several times in this game where South Carolina just either had a ball bounce their way or they were able to just corral an offensive rebound because they had a little bit more intensity. Somebody asked me this question on Twitter before I started recording, asking, what did I make of this? I'll just say that I don't necessarily think it's for a lack of trying. I do think that there were, at some points, just a lack of intensity on the offensive glass, but it's not because Kentucky's out there and they're not trying to grab rebounds. There's a reason that they're first in the country in rebounding margin, right? It's just sometimes the ball doesn't bounce your way, and then something that the, uh, the, um, the fan on Twitter pointed out is that there are going to be points in SEC play where it's just a grind, and sometimes it just doesn't go your way. Uh, but South Carolina started to try and force Kentucky to stop playing their game, right? They tried to slow down the game. They tried to make Kentucky a little bit more uncomfortable in transition. South Carolina getting all of those offensive boards certainly helped. It put Kentucky out of sorts for a minute, and it kept the game from becoming a blowout because it was very quickly in the first half, at least according, according in my opinion, it looked like South Carolina was on the way of getting blown out in, on their home court because, again, Kentucky was almost scoring at will at the rim at times in the first half. Mintz was shooting really well early. He got out of his slump. Ty Ty Washington got out of his slump. We're going to talk about that later on in the show. But at 20, it, it was it was 28-22 when I started to worry. And then South Carolina inched closer and they inched closer. But eventually, Kentucky extended the lead again. And then South Carolina cut it to five at the half. And it's just like, okay, the, it's very, very evident. Basketball is a game of runs. You're going to see that all over the place, right? Kentucky could not stop turning the ball over in the first half while also not guarding the paint. And it was weird because for the first 10 to 15 minutes of the game, Kentucky was very physical and very intense, uh, whereas South Carolina was less physical and less intense than I would have expected. And then the Gamecocks all of a sudden turned it around. Uh, Again, just not guarding the paint and then also being sloppy on offense. Toppin had some really smooth buckets in the first half. I want to give him credit here. Three straight possessions with a, with a basket, uh, extended the Kentucky lead to 11. And then right after that, uh, wouldn't you know it, the injury bug, it'll get you. Jacob Toppin got hurt, rolled his ankle, did not play the rest of the game. At least, uh, I don't believe he played the rest of the game. Um, played only 10. Let's see. We, he played, yeah, he played only six minutes in this game. So, you know, props to Jacob Toppin for finishing with 10 points in six minutes and just going absolutely ballistic in the first half. But... It's a shame that Kentucky can't get away from the injury bug. Again, South Carolina cut the lead to five at the half after Kentucky tried to pull away yet again. We're going to go over some first-half stats here. Kentucky shot over 50% from the floor, 44.4% from three. Kellen Grady knocked down two threes in the first half. Davion Mintz uh, knocked down the other two. 
uh, only shot four three free throws, made three of them. And then again, the rebounding. So concerning. 11 offensive rebounds for South Carolina in the first half, as opposed to Kentucky's three. That bewilders me. 19 rebounds total for Kentucky. South Carolina, 21 total rebounds. Also, 10 turnovers and 10 personal fouls for the Wildcats in the, th- in the first half. And yet, they were still up by, they were up by four. Excuse me. You're up by four. No, they were up by five. I can't do math today. 39-34 was the halftime score. We're going to talk about the second half and what Kentucky did to pull away in just a second. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march right through the playoffs all the way up to the big game here in a couple of weeks. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live, real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the, the uh, new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, continuing along here on the Wednesday edition of Locked On Kentucky. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. If you're watching on YouTube, I would really appreciate it if you subscribed. It would mean a lot to me. The channel is growing rapidly. It is absolutely insane uh, how quickly this this channel has grown. I just really appreciate you guys sticking with me and listening to these previews, these recaps, and everything in between. It's been awesome so far. Second half here, Kellen Grady. Looks smooth, very much like Jacob Toppin. He had moments in this game where it's like, man, that's a tough shot. It's a great look. Offensively, Kellen Grady did a lot for this team in this game. Had floaters, had threes, had layups, had dunks in transition. I believe he had two of those. Played very well for Kentucky. Uh, Pace picked up in the second half. Uh, teams, both teams were flying up and down the court. Kentucky had a really hard time getting back in transition, just like they did at the end of first half and protecting the rim. And once again, rebounding was a huge problem. Let's go go ahead and go over, go over the uh, overall stats for rebounding. So Kentucky in this game finished with 40 rebounds as opposed to South Carolina's 41. So they, it was a net negative one rebounding margin. It's like, it's not the end of the world. But the problem here are the amount of offensive rebounds that South Carolina has. Can you believe that South Carolina ended up with more offensive rebounds than defensive rebounds? They had 22 offensive rebounds. And again, you know, Shibway played well. You know, I think the front court played well. But Kentucky has got to be able to control the rebounding margin and actually make sure that teams don't get second-chance points because South Carolina hung around in this one for a little bit. And then the second half, a lot of that had to do with what they were doing on the offensive glass. Again, 11 in the first half, 22 total. Uh, Just we need some more intensity. We need to make sure that teams are not doing that uh, because Kentucky's got a couple of difficult games here to wrap up the uh, the uh, regular season. We can't be allowing some of those better teams to crash the glass on us. Ty Ty Washington was playing very well in this game. He shot well. He got out of a slump. He was 6 of 10 from the field, 1 of 2 from 3, 1 of 2 from the free throw line, uh, had 14 points, 3 rebounds, 3 assists, a steal, and uh, 3 turnovers to go with that as well. He played very well in this game. Kentucky needed good guard play. I said that that was going to be important, and we got some good minutes out of Ty Ty Washington. Something else to note here is Severe Wheeler, who played 37 minutes. 
Uh, finished with four points, did not make a single shot from the floor. I don't believe he's made a field goal since the Kansas game. I believe that's correct. He, um, he's he's, he's uh, in a little bit of a shooting slump on his own, but he, um, he had 11 assists, five turnovers, one steal, four rebounds. I mean, he's filling the stat sheet elsewhere. So overall, I think Sevier Wheeler had a decent game given the fact that he's not naturally a scorer. Again, the transition game was good in the first half, and it was great in the second half. Kentucky started to pressure South Carolina's guards. It was the front court for Kentucky that was that was really the issue at different points, not grabbing offensive rebounds. Uh, Kentucky did a phenomenal job playing defense without fouling. So they had 10 fouls in the first half. They had eight in the second. And for the majority of the second half, they did a really good job of playing defense without fouling. And that's going to be incredibly, incredibly important to really start to develop that trait as a team as the season winds down. Shibwe began to dominate at some point in the second half. I talked about Jacob Toppin, and I talked about how he had back-to-back-to-back possessions where it's like, okay, it's the Jacob Toppin show now. Everybody just step back, give him the ball, get out of the way. Shibwe had that moment in the second half where there would be just rim runs, there would be really physical rebounds. And uh, in South Carolina just simply was not getting back in transition. Sheboy dominated in the second half, finished with 18 points, 14 rebounds, solid outing, uh, two assists, two steals, three blocks. I mean, it's, it's insane, uh, all the different things that Oscar Sheboy can do uh, for this team. Sheboy, uh, I believe at one point, he did a really great job of making sure that, I believe he was being posted up against by Keyshawn Bryant. And Bryant went up, and he did a really good job of moving his body out of the way, but still defending the shot, not fouling, grabbing the rebound, and uh, then eventually finishing with a run-out bucket just literally just seconds later. Just all that right there is just the, new, uh, the perfect ex- perfect example of uh, Kentucky playing defense without fouling in the second half. And, again, I'm really proud with, uh, of what this team was able to uh, accomplish it was a 13-point lead with eight minutes left in the game. Uh, and something that I noted, and I put this out on Twitter, South Carolina was fogging shots up. And I went and I had to look because I knew South Carolina was averaging a little over 61 field goal attempts per game. They're uh, averaging 61.3 to be specific. And with seven minutes and 38 seconds left in the game, they had already put up 70 shots. They finished with 82. As opposed to Kentucky, 60 field goal attempts. South Carolina was just simply fogging it up, and they just could not knock down shots. They got offensive rebounds, and for the most part, they couldn't knock, knock them down. Now, they did get some looks at the rim that kept them in the game, but overall, the the uh, threes were not falling for South Carolina. The floaters, for the most part, really started to cut down in the second half. And I, I put this on my notes here, and I'll just go over it again. Ty Ty had some great moments in the second half where it would be just beautiful floaters, pull-up jumpers. I mean, he was feeling himself. I thought, thought he had a fantastic game. Going over some more stats here before we move on to some final thoughts. If there's anything else I want to cover, Kentucky shot very well from the floor. 12 of the 19 from the free throw, not, free throw line is not great, especially considering Kentucky was trying to close out late and South Carolina was fouling. And one more thing here, 16 turnovers is not ideal. Simply just not ideal. I mean, if you are going to finish, if you're going to finish the game with 16 turnovers, 18 personal fouls, um, you're, you're, and, and if if you're facing teams that will play you better defensively in transition down the line, uh, you're probably going to have some some tough time 
or a tough time winning some games. Although I will say getting out in transition provided a lot of, of uh, assists for the Wildcats. 25 assists. I guess that's just the nature of the transition game. 16 turnovers, 25 assists. I don't think there's anything else I really want to cover here. Davion Mintz also got out of a shooting slump. Three of six from the floor. Had 10 points. Lance Ware played well. He had three points. Uh, Ty Ty Washington, again, had 14. Keon Brooks, who is just probably not talked about enough on this team. Uh, he's finished the game six of nine from the floor. Finished with 15 points, nine rebounds, five assists, and only two turnovers. I don't think his play is talked about enough. He's probably the one starter out of the five that just kind of gets forgotten about. Everybody's got something special about them. That's an attribute. Shibway's the best player in the country. Washington's the phenom freshman uh, who can uh, create in isolation. Severe Wheeler is the assist man. Callan Grady is the three-point shooter. And Keon Brooks is the glue guy. And the glue guy often gets forgotten. I think he uh, his name needs to be thrown around more uh, when talking about this Kentucky team operating at a high level. We're going to talk about some final thoughts here uh, and whether or not Kentucky uh, completed the the parameters that I have set on Kentucky Wildcat wins. We're going to talk about that in just a second, but before we do that, I want to tell you guys about our friends at Built Bar. This is a time of year that, you know, most of us have pretty much given up on our New Year's resolutions, but this year I'm sticking to one resolution in particular, and it's to eat right, and that's thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not even really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating Built Bar. And they've also got some phenomenal things called puffs. Have you tried the puffs? If you haven't, you're just simply missing out on one of the best tasting things Built has put out there. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, and they're not just a protein bar. They are a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. These things are going to be your absolute favorite. All Built Bars, including Puffs, are covered in 100% real chocolate, and they've got so many different flavors to choose from. It's insane. They've got mint brownie, coconut almond, uh, coconut, and for this new month, they've got white chocolate cookies and cream, which we've talked about before on the show, how much we love salted caramel and cookies and cream. White chocolate cookies and cream, absolutely phenomenal. They are all delicious, and they've got new flavors coming out all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, Built will make it, it will be delicious, and it will also be good for you. At Built Bar, they are all about the taste. They make it delicious first, and then they figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they pull it off every single time. And you can go to Built.com right now, and you can use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Whether you want to get Built Bars or Puffs, I highly encourage you to go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, wrapping up the Wednesday edition of Locked On Kentucky again. Thank you so much, guys, for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. All right, did Kentucky, we're going to go over the four parameters here. We're going to ask, did Kentucky shoot the ball well, have decent shot selection, play well in transition, and protect the rim? Those are the four things that I think Kentucky needs to do to win in the SEC, specifically on the road. So did Kentucky shoot the ball well? Well, they ended up shooting the game, or shooting uh, 56.7% from the floor on the game, 40% from three. All things considered, those are fantastic numbers. Would have loved, again, like I mentioned a second ago, would have loved to have seen the free throw percentage go, go up a little bit. But, I mean, when you're shooting 56% from the floor, I mean, 
everything's just kind of going right. And a lot of it had to do with the transition game. Did Kentucky play well in transition? Yes, I think they did. Now, there were times where they had issues getting back with South Carolina, and that's going to happen against a team that plays with an up-tempo style of play. You're not going to play Alabama every Alabama every single week and watch them chuck up 33s and only make three of them, uh, a lot of them coming in transition. That's just not going to happen. Uh, you Sometimes you're going to play teams that know how to get to the rim. And speaking of that, did Kentucky protect the rim? While they did play well in transition, I don't think they protected the rim great in this game. Now, they did have four blocks as opposed to South Carolina's a zero, um, but I did not think Kentucky did a did a great job of protecting the rim in this game. They did a really good job for about the first 15 minutes of the first half. And then after that point, it was South Carolina trying to be more physical. And for the most part, they were. And did Kentucky have decent shot selection? Again, I mentioned it on yesterday's show, mentioned it a few minutes ago. It was one of the most important things of this game. Kentucky really needed decent shot selection, and they got it in this game. Uh, Not a lot of pull-up jumpers that Kentucky missed in this game. And if we've talked about it, I've talked about how much I don't like the two-point jumper, but I've stated recently, look, if Kentucky is going to knock it down at a clip that no other team in the country is knocking it down, put it in your arsenal. Makes it really difficult to guard your offense because now teams have to account for that. Now teams have to account for Ty Ty Washington and Keon Brooks King of the two-point jumper. Uh, They have to account for those guys and what they're doing in the mid-range makes it really difficult to guard, guard at all three levels. If, if they're going to make it, I say take it. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter at LanceDaw underscore. You can follow the show on Twitter or on Instagram, excuse me, at Kentucky Podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, leave them in the YouTube comments below or hit me on the socials. I will see you all tomorrow. Have a great day, everybody, and God bless.